Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Amen. Well, isn't it good to praise God together? Isn't it good to praise God enthusiastically together? At home, why don't you have a seat? Because uh, if you've been dancing away, you're going to need it right now. We're going to uh, share for a little while from the Word of God. And just at the very top here, I just want to say my name's Phil. I'm one of the leaders here at Living Rock Church. My wife, Sharon, is with me today. Uh, Sharon's going to be doing a reading a bit later on this morning uh, as I share God's Word. As we've already said this morning, as part of our gathering, we're going to break bread together in our various homes all across the county and probably much further than that as well. And as I approach that time, we we want to share something from the Word of God, particularly from the book of Numbers, uh, as we're continuing in our series through this Old Testament book. Last week, Benj was sharing with us from Numbers chapter 7. Uh, but uh, sorry, he was shown from Numbers chapter 9, but this week I want to backtrack to Numbers chapter 7 and just speak a little bit from that chapter because I think there's something in there that's going to be really helpful for us together this morning as we approach taking this bread and wine together. Maybe, like me, you've, you've been reading through the book of Numbers as we've been approaching this series and you come to chapter 7 and start to scratch your head a little bit, as I did, And that's because the seventh chapter of Numbers gives lots of details of the gifts, the offerings of dedication brought by the leaders of each tribe on the day the tabernacle was dedicated to the Lord. And this happened over a period of 12 days. And and once a day for 12 days, each leader of the tribe came and brought their offerings, a sacrifice to the Lord. And as you read through this chapter, you'll you'll work out that every time it's laid out in meticulous detail, lots of detail. And I started reading and I thought to myself, well, why is it we've got all this detail, not just once, but for the next tribe and the next tribe? And I thought, there must be a difference. So I, I tried to spot what all the differences were. And I tell you, there's not a difference at all. And then I thought, well, why didn't the writer just sum up the whole lot in one paragraph at the end? And then I got to verse 84, and I discovered he'd done that as well. And, um, and well, there you are. It was a bit of a head-scratcher. So I believe that God has something useful for us this morning from all this detail that we find in Numbers chapter 7. So uh, Sharon is going to come and read. Uh, If you've got a Bible uh, at home, then turn to Numbers 7. We're going to start reading at verse 10. The words are also going to be on the screen. So this is Numbers 7 from verse 10. The leaders also presented dedication gifts for the altar at the time it was anointed. They each placed their gifts before the altar. The Lord said to Moses, let one leader bring his gift each day for the dedication of the altar. On the first day, Nashon, son of Abinadab, leader of the tribe of Judah, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and one quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour, moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. 
This was the offering brought by Nashon, son of Abinadab. Excellent. So there we have the first set of offerings brought by the first tribe. And if you were to continue reading, you'll find there are 11 identical offerings after that. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, God's word tells us that all of God's word is breathed out by him. And it's all useful to us. So what's the usefulness of, of these detailed scriptures to us today? Well, first of all, I think we can know that God sees every offering that's brought. He sees every act of worship. He saw every person in each tribe then. And you know, I believe he sees you and me today too. There's a small amount of background it's going to be helpful to have here to understand the significance of these offerings brought. And in particular, just an idea of the timeline that we find in the Old Testament books of Exodus and uh, Leviticus and Numbers. You see, Exodus largely contains the story of how Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, through the Red Sea and in the direction of the land that God had promised to them. It tells of the commandments given by God to Moses at Mount Sinai and it ends with the construction of the tabernacle, effectively an enormous portable tent. And uh, at the end of the book of Exodus, we're told that the glory of God filled that tent such that Moses himself could no longer enter it. Leviticus starts with the Lord calling to Moses from within the tabernacle. The Lord is within the tabernacle, Moses is outside. And he gives instructions for a number of offerings to be brought. Now these instructions were given at the same time as the events both at the end of Exodus and the start of Numbers. So that's where the offerings given in Leviticus come in the timeline. And these are the main offerings that God commanded should be brought on behalf of the people. There was the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. We see the details of each offering in the first few chapters of Leviticus, all meticulously laid out. Each offering brought on behalf of the people. Some were brought as an act of dedication to God. Some as thanksgiving, you know, saying thank you to God. Some as a means of atonement and forgiveness, a way of saying I'm sorry to God. And others as a sign of peace and of fellowship. The purpose of all this being to remind his people that God is holy and pure, but he's also just, and he's also full of grace, and he's the forgiver of sin. It reminded his people that if they dedicated themselves to him, if they brought themselves to him in thankfulness and worship, then God would indeed be with them. He would forgive their sin. He would literally camp among them. And it was these offerings that were being brought by the leaders of the tribes on behalf of the people in Numbers chapter 7. The silver platter and silver basin containing grain, flour and olive oil and the gold dish filled with incense were part of the grain offering. In a sense, the people saying thank you to God for who he is, bringing the first portion of what they had to him. The young bull, ram and goat was for a burnt offering an act of worship to God. 
The male goat was for the sin offering, symbolising the shedding of blood for forgiveness from sin. And finally, the lavish offering of two bulls, five rams, five male goats and five young male lambs were brought as the peace offering, symbolising the peace and fellowship now found with God, the forgiver of their sins. And the last verse of Numbers chapter 7, States of Moses, who remember at the end of the Exodus could not enter the tabernacle himself because of God's glory and the impurity of the people. Read of Moses and it says that whenever he went into the tabernacle to speak to the Lord, the Lord spoke to him from the place of atonement above the Ark of the Covenant, telling us that in observing the instructed offerings wholeheartedly, fellowship with God was restored. I have three simple things from this passage today, which it would be good for us to know, not to know simply in our minds, but to know in our hearts as well, as we approach this time when we're going to share bread and wine together. Here's the first thing. There is now a better covenant. You know, we today are no longer in this offering and purification covenant with God that he gave to Moses. There is a better one. Hebrews chapter 8 spells out exactly this point, including the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In verse 6 it says this, But now, Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Hebrews goes on to say that the old system of sacrifice was just a shadow, a dim preview of what was to come. So what is this covenant, this promise from God? It's this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is, all who declare Jesus to be Lord and King of their lives, accept that his death, his sacrifice alone can restore fellowship with God will know him and his life in this age and also in the age to come when everything is going to be restored and made new. So that's number one. There is now a better covenant. Here's number two. The sacrifice brought by one on behalf of many is all sufficient. In number seven, every man, woman and child was counted in to the promise of God because they were represented by their own tribal leader. They had a representative. This must be one of the reasons for all the repetition in Numbers 7. It makes the point that everyone is included. For us, under the new covenant, every man, every woman, every child who declares that Jesus is Lord is counted in because of the sacrifice of Jesus. It is no different for anyone, whatever our background, our nationality, or our financial position, or our ministry or function within the church, or our education, our job status. None of these things matter one little bit or add the slightest thing to us being counted in. Jesus has done it all. Jesus declared, it is finished. Jesus didn't declare, it is nearly finished. And not wanting to be flippant with this, but Jesus did not say, well, I've done my bit, now it's up to you. 
Just like the children of Israel, we have all come into this promise in the same way. For the children of Israel, they literally came in out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. We have all come to know this new covenant by coming in through Jesus. So here is the third thing. We are counted in. A mark of our thankfulness to God will be wanting to live in a way that pleases him. He gives us his Holy Spirit to help us to live in an empowered new life. And sometimes, because we have the Holy Spirit with us, it's, we become more aware of wanting to please God in everything we do. And sometimes because of that, we become more aware of our own shortcomings as well. We sometimes have a in, more intense fear of the times where we have not honoured God in the things we have done. And, you know, left to our own devices, it's possible for our eyes to come down from looking at Jesus and to look at ourselves with our own problems and troubles and difficulties. But let me help us here today. Let's just think about the children of Israel in the desert. Life would have been going on for them just as life is going on for us today. In the week of the offerings of Numbers 7, some would have experienced the joy of new life as babies were born. Some would have experienced bereavement. They would have known loved ones pass away. Others would have seen death close at hand or they'd have known sickness or they'd have known anger or they'd have known frustration. For some, their family life would have become all-consuming. There would have been tiredness. There may have even been a sense of boredom and monotony for some. Maybe few of them could actually claim to be on their A-game all that week. But they were all counted in. They were all counted in because of the sacrifices and the offerings made on their behalf. So as I close and we approach this time and we're going to take bread and wine together, let's not count ourselves out because we feel crowded out by life or we start to become feeling um, unworthy. But instead, let's remind ourselves of all that Jesus has done and let's know that it is totally, completely adequate. If we need to ask forgiveness, if we need to say sorry to God, for anything that we have said or thought or have done this week, then of course we can and should do that. And as we do so, we can again ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with great confidence as we take bread and wine, to bring an affirmation in our very hearts that causes us to cry out, Abba, Father, thank you for all you have done. And let's bring our thanks to Jesus for his all-sufficient, perfect sacrifice accepting that the offering he brought is good for all time, for all who call on his name. If we know Jesus today, we are counted in. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.